Yesterday, DocuSign reported its quarterly results. They beat revenue expectations. Their non-GAAP earnings were in line with expectations, but the stock plummeted by nearly 20% overnight. That's because they also provided guidance for slower growth ahead. If that sounds familiar, that's because they also beat expectations in the last quarter, reported back in December. And again, their revenue forecast wasn't great, and the stock dropped 26% that time. They are now down 75% from their all-time high just six months ago. The work from home, the lockdown stocks, they're all essentially dead right now. Zoom, Peloton, DoorDash, Netflix, Roku, all of those are 30 to 80% below their 200-day moving average price. And it makes sense, there's so much uncertainty right now. Some stocks are getting crushed because of the reopening. Some are getting crushed on inflation fears and the potential of a recession. Some because of Putin's war and some because of all of the above. But what happens when the instability ends? We can't predict when, but we can be prepared and decide what stocks we want to buy. It could be the stock buying opportunity of a lifetime. Today on Dumb Money, we are making our list and checking it twice. It's time to buy the dip, or is it? At least it's time to make our shopping list. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turned $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Uh, I took a very systematic approach to my list. I'm going to tell you exactly how I filtered the entire stock market. Plus, it's Friday, so if you guys are up for it, perhaps an extended live Q&A edition today. But first, I do have to do my job as a YouTuber and ask for a quick hit to the like button. And uh, you all know, it's quick, it's easy, it's free. It's, uh, it's, it's the one way you can guarantee that all of your favorite stocks are gonna go up today. I think, at least that's what they uh, taught us at YouTube University. Chris, Jordan, uh, I'm excited to be here uh, about your shopping list. I actually have about 25 that I wanna buy, which means I'm, I'm gonna have to get a job to be able to <laughs> you afford need them need a job. Ugh, Dude, it's ridiculous. I, I, how, let's be honest, how crappy was it last year when th there was not like other than like short social arb trades how hard were we looking for something that just was underappreciated everything oh, yeah. was overappreciated it was ridiculous the, the worst time to be a social arb trader now dude it's starting to get super interesting to all the young investors out there the people that started in 2020 they have no idea this is what you want. This is what you want. You want a full out market washout period like this when everything gets hammered. Everything gets hammered because when do when you have things like this happen in the market, good stuff always gets thrown away with the bad stuff. Always, every single time. Going right back to 2020 uh, COVID, February, March, when the market fell apart, the stocks that should have went up went down with everything else. Peloton went down. Amazon went down. Shopify went down. DocuSign, all the stay-at-home stocks tumbled right going into the period when we're going to stay at home for months to years. It doesn't matter. Now we're coming out of the pandemic and everything's getting crushed for multiple reasons, right? Inflation, war, no one really knows what life is going to be like coming out of the pandemic. I mean, just there's a hundred reasons, but like... It's irrational insanity right now, guys. DocuSign, I'm not buying DocuSign today. I, I, I sold most of my DocuSign unbelievably 
like not at the very high, but relatively close to the high. I, I can't really. Did you did, did you sell it before up. their last earnings? Yeah, I, 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 Dave, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been pulling out a DocuSign for months and months and months. Like, I don't know when I started selling out, but it was a while ago. I just, it was like my number one or two position for a while. DocuSign, it was insane. Um, by the way, we're not financial advisors. This is, this is what we are doing in our accounts. We do not know your risk tolerance. Please do not mimic what we're saying in this show. Please just take it as these are our ideas. This is what we're doing. You know, poke holes in the thesis. Uh, have have some good quality discussions on our Discord, which is dominate.tv forward slash Discord. But do not take this as investment advice. It's definitely not. But but I'm not buying DocuSign, but I am adding it to my shopping cart today. For at some point, I am definitely definitely getting back into. Yeah. I still own some they're, DocuSign, by the way. Do you? They're still they're on the top of my shopping list. I sold out as well um, a while ago long before the uh, drop, but I, I didn't get anywhere near the all-time high. I sold out early. Um, but, but my Dave, thought you know on DocuSign is... So much because, Dave, nothing could happen good in DocuSign. Coming out of earnings yesterday, basically nothing good is going to happen at DocuSign the next few months. And the market is so short-term, mind, like the way they think is so short-term, like they know that nothing is happening at DocuSign that's going to be good. So everyone's like, I'm out. We'll come back to DocuSign at some point later. So like the the, the key there is to get in a little bit earlier mm. than everyone else because DocuSign is a company, in my mind, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when that thing gets acquired. It's I mean, a think, monster. Think about it. DocuSign is a company that has changed the way long before lockdown. You and I sign more documents by DocuSign than, can you even imagine, even before lockdown, going to a place to close and sign some documents? Like, yeah, yeah, and, and but, the knock, but it, no, it comes Dave, to they're, they're signing up new clients and new customers for that business. 170,000 clients now, corporate clients. Here's the thing about DocuSign and people. I've always said, when we did our first show on DocuSign, I said, here's what people misunderstand about the company. They are have been building out document management. People think DocuSign, it's just e-signature. Well, there's a lot of companies that can do e-signature. Adobe's doing e-signature. There's like, I don't know, 30 knockoffs that all do e-signature. That's not what it's about. It's about full end-to-end -end document management for anyone that has worked in a company of any size. Honestly, I need document management just for my own life, okay? Like, to forget about a company. But if you're in a company, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of documents between employees, client contracts. Like, I can't even imagine the amount of document flow that's getting digitized, organized, managed. So when you go to a company like DocuSign and they actually sign you up, uh, which is they've done a darn good job of it the last two years. Talk about the company in the perfect place to be the leader, the leader expanding their sales staff going into the pandemic. They pulled forward so much of their sales that now they're paying the price for that because anybody that was going to sign up for DocuSign was going to do it in the last two years, right? So now they're really going to struggle this next year. Their, yeah. their sales have jumped. I mean, I don't know. They went down from like, they were in 50, 60%, 40, 50, 60% annualized. Now they're down to like 7% this, this year, okay? Well, so yeah, so that's the problem. And so when you go from that big of a rate of growth to basically zero or like 10% or something like that, 
it's really tough to to compare, right? And so that's why but, you're seeing but, this thing take a total haircut because people just assumed that it was going to keep going up 50% a year and that's what was priced in, right? And so now that's not... But why would anyone make There's, that assumption? Like, the, the market is insane to think that we're going to have 50% growth every single year for forever when there's an an event that's causing this giant surge in demand yeah yeah but he, he, here's the thing i think dave so right now they're equally discounting that it's only going to grow at like 10 percent a year right and so once that flushes out in the in the in their the kind of true shape of the business takes place that's when you want to get in or that's when yeah. i would want to get but, in but Jordan, it's so sticky, right? DocuSign is so sticky. Once you use their document management service and they get embedded in, in your workflow, it's just where you're all not, your documents are, right? So it's not yeah, even that it's sticky; it's almost impossible to leave. I saw a yeah, you, uh, you, chat you, that just went through that they are back to their pre-pandemic levels. Let me just pull up the uh, chart they here. They are. I put I put that green line in there, and you can see. The, the white little arrow shows you the drop uh, from their earnings and then the uh, the green line just yeah you're right they've, they've chopped off all of that but what doesn't make sense to me is like if they're growing at, at this kind of uh, pace um, back in the past like just growing like at that why are they why are they back down to here maybe I, I don't know I don't know how to draw a chart maybe, maybe you'd go from those bottoms yeah maybe they're in the right spot again I don't know. It's because the deceleration is so massive, nobody wants to touch them because they know the news isn't going to get better anytime soon. And that's the way investors think right now. That's the way they have been thinking that we were spoiled, right? Yeah. So the problem, the problem is it's really, really difficult to replicate um, an enterprise-style solution like DocuSign. Now, Microsoft's a competitor, obviously. Okay, Adobe's a competitor, obviously. But I think those guys are playing catch-up uh, to DocuSign right now. Uh, I Microsoft think, should just listen, buy DocuSign. They will. I think they probably will buy. I think Microsoft probably will buy DocuSign at some point. Um, but honestly, guys, this is a company that has, I think, a an underappreciated moat uh, I do think that they have this amazing network effect that's underappreciated when it comes to customer acquisition and branding. Because, listen, when every every other company you use uses DocuSign, and then you're starting a company or you're starting a you know whatever it is, right? You're more likely that the brand awareness is monstrous, right? Uh, of DocuSign, it is the go-to leading brand. Could you get other e-cig brands? Yeah, I mean you could get them, um, but especially with document management they are the leader in the space and the space is only going to grow globally right over the next well, five they're the ten Kleenex, years right and so when somebody says i want digital documents they don't say i want digital do i want a docusign thing yeah 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. Right? someone has a contract for me to sign it's send me the docusign right but uh, and so by the way you you that's, know that's... you know that people companies overvalue services like docusign when it like companies like microsoft it's so critical because you need it to to pick up to acquire a docusign means that you have acquired a company that is deeply entrenched throughout the entire organization right and that that to an enterprise software company to build that stack is incredibly important. It's incredibly valuable. And although you could make a case that six times sales, which is what DocuSign is trading right now, incredibly cheap compared to what it was at a year ago. But still, if you go back 10, 15 years, 
six times sales, you know, like it's still it's not not ridiculously crazy cheap yeah. for a company that's decelerating their revenue to the degree that DocuSign is. Okay, but so, people will pay huge multiples for enterprise software companies that are in bed with all of the world's biggest and and medium sized companies. It's incredibly strategic, right? Exactly. And that's that's twelve minutes on DocuSign. Now I have twenty five other stocks to talk about. <laughs> Fine. So we're not fly through. I've been willing to get into forever that I've never had a chance. Well, I've, you know, I had a chance a couple years ago. Missed that. Uh, it's uh, it's Shopify. Shops on your list. See that thing come down to reasonable levels, right? It's around five, six hundred bucks, something like that. Um, so it's got it's cut in more than half. Uh, it actually has a PE now. That's not. You know, uh, was it like a 30 PE now or something like that? I mean, it's, I mean, it's almost uh, investable. Jordan, this is your dream. You've been talking about missing out on Shopify for two years, dude. Two years. Yeah, I mean, according to TD Ameritrade, I don't know if this is correct or not, but it's a 26 PE. Um, I, I'm seeing 24 PE. Um, yeah. So, but it's in there, right? So there's actually like a normal PE, but for a growing company, that's really, uh, you know, the only game in town, if you're going to do you know, a DTC brand, I, you know, at some point you have to step in and take a shot. And I don't, you know, I don't know what that date is, but it's getting close, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Shopify did um, not make my list only because they were not down enough. I basically filtered for well, because companies they actually that were down. Revenue, right, and so the, the, or they have they have earnings. And so that's something that DocuSign does not have, right? So technically well, DocuSign no, no, still no, losing DocuSign money. Margins, no, wait, they are down pr- enough. Why were they not on my they, list? Huh. Jordan, DocuSign's become a lot more profitable over the past year. They're actually able, their margins now, I want to yeah. say they're putting out I think 17%. Uh, so yeah. they, they, they will be able to build up cash flow. DocuSign will be able to build up some no, cash I, flow. I, I agree, they'll get there, but they're just not there yet. And so that's why, but it's still expensive, right? So DocuSign is still trading at 11 times sales uh, or somewhere in there. I thought they're at I thought they're at six. DocuSign's signs at six at six. I think one and a half billion a year is what they're pulling in. They're at eleven. I, so like I some yeah, maybe ten. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you're Shopify, Jordan, right? And I mean, like Shopify's I like my it. number one that I I keep. It's on my it's on my list. It's on my screen. I look at it every day, just to make myself crazy. <laughs> and and Dave, I know you have twenty five stocks, but let's remind everyone. I think. I think what we're getting at here is we're putting the, the shopping list together. The, the, these are, <laughs> there yeah, these, will be a point in time. These are not stocks I'm buying today, um, but they're ones that I could be very close to buying. And if I had um, unlimited money, I know that everything on my list has a future, some more than others. I, I basically picked 25 out of stocks that were down more than 30% from their 200-day uh, moving average. That was my kind of qualification. They had to be largish cap over, um, what did I say? Over 10. Basically, basically 10 you want indexable stocks because you will pick up on the momentum of money flow coming back into the market when it does with indexable yeah. securities, like which is very smart right now. That's why all this, a lot of these ones that are not in the indexes are just getting completely forgotten and crushed. The past eight months eight nine months so that that's actually a pretty smart strategy yeah and of the ones that are like actually not all of these stocks are in the s p 500 but they are all stocks that um what's howard lindzen's name for brands that basically every kid from like three to 30 uh knows about these are like these are the uh-huh. name brand like retail stocks i pick and choose it's, it's, the stocks that i like out of these that, 
that match the filter. It's seven to seventy, I think, is what he says. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. So basically, DocuSign's on my list. Uh, Affirm, Roku, and Zoom. Those are all stocks that lost that are sixty percent or more below their two hundred day moving average. Those are the biggest losers right now, and I like those five stocks for the long term. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's that's not that's not a terrible idea, Dave. I like I, I think and, and those of are, them, those... all of them are you know how much we love what analysts have to think, but all of them are by rating or higher from the analysts. Uh, all of them, all of them have price targets fifty percent higher than today's current price. And those yeah. are just random I mean, facts. After the fact, I looked those up. That that was not a part of my filter. My next group are the ones that are 50% below their 200-day moving average, which includes Robinhood, maybe Carvana, PayPal, maybe Twilio, oh. uh, Toast, Teladoc, Roblox, maybe, and uh, Pinterest. I, 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 I think, I think I, I'm not going to put Robinhood on the list only because I feel that it's not a, it's just not a no-brainer. Um, nothing wrong with Robinhood. It just, it just trades in its own orbit. Uh, and I, I just, I, that's a whole different thing. I think there are opportunities you didn't mention though, Dave. Uh, did anyone, did you say a firm yet? A firm, which is yeah, one I said that we got a tiny bit of and got destroyed yeah. on worst timing ever. Uh, I yeah. agree. A firm's probably one that fits in that list. Also some retail stocks that have been getting crushed too. Like, like, uh, we talked about this this last week, O N O N, uh, on running, Again, a stock where all the data looks positive, but they've been completely destroyed and crushed with the rest of the market, brought down to levels that they probably deserve to be at because they yeah, were they're over, just an expensive stock, but they're a great company. So overhyped. Right? They're not. They're not on my oh, list at all. I'm done with them. Yeah. To- toast is over. Listen, Toast was. I love Toast. Overhyped. It was overhyped. Now, now Toast. Toast is like, Toast. Oh man, God, I could just, I could buy some Toast. That That's what I'm talking about. But the problem is now's not the time to buy it. They're, they're down another eight percent today. It's yeah. it's honestly incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And Toast is one at the top of my list. As you know, I'm not really buying hardly anything right now because I'm hedged. Like sixty percent of my portfolio is hedged. Uh, I, I like hit as Dave likes to say. I hit the pause button by hedging such a substantial amount of my portfolio with SPY and QQ. A short, uh, a short position that I just don't want to deal with stuff right now. But I have, I have probably have Dave. I probably have ten stocks. Yeah, Toast is on there. Um, I, I just think this could be the buying opportunity is, of a lifetime. For are you looking at? Are you looking if, at PayPal or Square? I don't know. They're both I still on my have list. A decent amount of Square. I still have a decent amount of Square. I never do you? Okay. I, I still kept a bunch of my Square. And that's the thing. The, the stocks that are on my list are stocks, 18 of these 25s are stocks that I have owned in the past that I currently do not own that I'm glad I don't own them because they've, they've all tanked at least 30%. Yeah. Um, but they're stocks that I like and that I would get back into. So the next, the next group, 40% below their 200-day moving average. Wayfair, which I still own. I've sold half of, but I still own. No. Not, no, not in a Dave. recession. But wait until the recession's over. I'm saying that when the instability is over, these are, these are the my shopping list. People just binging on I, furniture again, right? And so that was a I unique don't situation. Be- 
where people yeah. were binging and trying to build out their home offices and all these things. And I think that was the situation for Wayfair. I just don't believe I'm not I'm not totally comfortable with Wayfair's business model long term. I think that model, especially if we get into a prolonged period of increased shipping, uh, you know, shipping and, and, and logistical and transport prices on on they exclusively uh, do you know, I, like I misspoke. I do not own Wayfair now. I own Restoration Hardware and I sold half. Mm -hmm. I, I got confused. Yeah. I do not currently own Wayfair. Restoration's a great company. I, that's that's the one that I, I sold half. They're also yeah. down big, but um, not Wayfair. Yeah, I'm. I kind yeah. Okay, I, but, I, I feel like frustration. So I've started my list. Episode. Wayfair's on the list. Um, mRNA, that's a maybe for me. Uh, <clears> Square, <throat> Snap, Snapchat, uh, DoorDash, Palantir's a maybe. Chewy is a strong one that I would like to get back into. Uh, Facebook, Meta. The company formerly known as Facebook and Zillow, all forty percent below their two hundred day, and this could change. As I was doing my research, it was changing on these breakout breakout points. But these are all not the biggest losers, but they're all down substantially. And I think that of those, Chewy, Facebook, DoorDash, those are those are my those are my picks. I I'm going to not overthink. Uh, I'm going to not overthink these trades because they're not pure. Listen, you know what I do? I do social arb, right? So like 90% of what I do is social arb. Uh, this is not really a traditional social arb trade other than generally the market underappreciating an entire sector of stocks because they were overhyped. Uh, and then people are overreacting on the other side. I'm going to put together a basket, Dave, of probably 10 to 15 I'm going to probably invest 10 to 15% of my portfolio in those stocks and I'm not going to overthink them and I'll probably hold them for a couple of years because that, listen, yeah. I, I did that initially. And my my with, thought on these, remember, I'm also going to build a basket out of it, but I'm going to, and it's going to be very small amount. It might be $10,000 per name in a basket of my, these stocks need to recover stocks, right? Because mo it, all but Facebook Every single stock I've named is not on the S&P 500 list so far. Now, my next group does have some S&P names, but those are all... My favorite thing to invest in is the S&P 500, and those are stocks that are not in the S&P that I think have gone down more than they should have. That's my thesis well, on Well, we'll, 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 we'll... Yes, I, I, would generally, I would generally agree. I just don't have the time to go in and deep research 10 to 15 of these companies. And I know I won't have that time in the next six months. So as soon as I see the light at the end of this war tunnel here, um, I'm going to go ahead and just pick up 10 to 15 of them and just spread them out. It, a lot of them, the same stocks I bought pre-pandemic, like DocuSign, Twilio, Shopify, like, I, I just thought all these companies were misunderstood uh, and underappreciated. Uh, and it turned out to be right. But then now they got way overhyped, way overhyped the last two years. Oh, man, Twilio. I haven't even looked at that lately. That's gotten destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I actually held so Twilio longer than I should have. I finally sold it when I realized, like, all their technology has is, is it's telephone technology. And how many people are using that anymore? Like... They basically, if you wanted to build a new movie phone, remember that? That would be the great way to do it. I don't need that. And there's so many other, like when it comes to SMS platforms, there's so many that 
that don't use Twilio and that don't need Twilio. Yeah, I, I sold I, them I'll just because I feel like they 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 were great at a certain time when we were transitioning from internet to, from telephone to internet. But I feel like they're th- th- I'm just not a fan anymore. And I held them too well, long. Well, if you want to set up like a platform to text and provide notifications, you pretty much just go to Twilio now. What is you know, what is like Twilio done? Here's, here's the five-year chart on Twilio. Notifications, and you just want to all you want to do is have the text notifications, and it's it's fine. I think I I think I sold Twilio during this uh, this drawdown in 2019. By the way, that log chart makes it look not that bad. <laughs> oh, here, let me turn off the log feature. Yeah, that's the, that's the real deal. <laughs> well, from a percentage standpoint, log I think gives you a better sense of what actually happened back then. But we'll turn that off for you. But, but, but at the what's at the top? Like, listen, Toast is kind of at the top of my list, except I. You know, Drew, one of our buddies, is in the industry sector, and he's like, I don't know. He had some. He had some clients. He said switching back from Toast. That just that's or a small. Or once data you've point. made the switch to Toast, you kind of realize, oh, that wasn't so painful. I think the real reason restaurants don't switch to Toast is they they're so embedded with their old system that switching just seems like a nightmare. But once they do it, it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Maybe now I can go shopping for another provider. Yeah, but a, a customer, lot of the other providers. I like Toast because they swipe right in front of you, right, and then you just click the twenty percent button or whatever, and then you skedaddle. I, some of them. I listen. I they have different, I think different restaurants. I think restaurants will have a strong, relatively strong cycle the next five years. I think Toast is. I, I'm a hundred percent going to get back into Toast. Um, I, I will. I will add to my uh, on running position as well. Uh, I'm definitely adding to my DocuSign position. I'm going to get back into DocuSign as part of this. I'll, that'll be probably one of the largest positions I get back into when I make this move. Um, but honestly, I'm I'm distracted because even when I was preparing for today's episode, guys, I kept going back to I kept going back to the thing I'm most excited about, which is travel. I just I'm telling you, the data on travel is looking really good, and probably my favorite here. Is is Airbnb like right now? Airbnb, the data on it. I just pulled up a web stats. On, this is web traffic on Airbnb, and I'm looking at it right now. And for the month of January and February, let's see, 95 compared to last year, it is up. This is just is astonishing. It's not quite double. It's it's almost. It's almost double the webs. Unless the web stats I'm looking at are just outright broken and something is massively wrong, uh, I'm showing like that that web traffic is up like 80 percent in January, February. But you know, then again, I, I'm showing that it's been up. You know, October. Well, what? It, it's been up November, December, January, February. It's up. Uh, G Trend traffic, I think, is also up for Airbnb. I think I pulled that up a few minutes ago for the show. I'm telling you, like Airbnb, I they're my go-to travel I, stock, both as yeah. an investor and as a traveler. I tend to I, I check hotels, but I like the experience, especially if I'm going somewhere interesting where I want to be more in a neighborhood. Um, I did sell half of my Air uh, Airbnb at like this is this is very odd for me to get good timing like that but i did sell half 20 percent ago uh it's dropped dropped down but uh so i pedro still like it long pedro term. said he had the best january february and march of his seven year history as an airbnb yeah. host. he's a he's a host yeah 
I do want to say something, guys. I think because people, someone brought up Rivian, right? Um, I, I, they kept coming general, up in all of my filters. I just, I can't invest in Rivian. No, no, I, want to I, would take, I would take a shot at Rivian. Uh, I would take a shot. Not today, no, but there's I'm, a point in the future that I will take a shot. I'm not saying, I'm not saying not to, but I feel that it, this trade that we're talking about, you can't overthink it because I would stay personally, I would stay away from companies that have a, a, a large risk factor. Like Rivian, it can go great, it can go terrible. There's still a lot of questions about whether they can produce those profitably, how it's all gonna shake out with supply chain. Can they really, uh, you know, can they really start to scale out their, their, their manufacturing and their sales and their service? Like there's a lot of questions there, right? You get a company like DocuSign or you get a company like Airbnb, you get a company like some of the other companies we're talking about here, it, it's very simple, right? It's very simple. They're embedded. They got overheated. The stocks ran up way too high. People were overhyped. Now they've had they you know they pulled forward way way too much traffic, pulled forward way too much sales. Now people are pissed off. They know that nothing positive is going to happen in the next few months. They're getting oversold. Like I don't want to mess around with companies like Rivian. I'm going to stick with Airbnb. I'm going to stick with. Uh, probably stick with um, DocuSign and a Shopify. Jordan. You know, Shopify is not going anywhere. It's just a matter of what should we value to how long is this retraction going to last, right? From work at home, going back to normal life. But man, I love Airbnb. I know today, today's not the travel episode, but I really like it. And I feel like that that's the very top of my list. It has to be, absolutely has to be. Uh, right. So the very uh, end of my list, these are all stocks that are 30% or more below their 200-day average. Etsy, Twitter, Netflix, Match.com, Unity, Coinbase, Uber, and Adobe. What well, Unity's right. down crazy. They're down like, like their all-time high was like almost $200, and they're at like yep. 80 right now. Yeah, but Jordan also, I mean, we made so much money on Unity when the IPO, I mean, yeah. we, we've had, for those of y'all who don't know, we own Unity since it was a smaller private company. Uh, and I'll never forget that IPO. I was like, oh my gosh, guys, it's going to IPO at 70. And then it was like 90. And then it was 100, 100. I'm like, it doesn't even make sense. Because like for so long, we were sitting with that company at like a $20 price, right? Like it was 15 yeah. or 20 bucks on, on the private market. Yep. And to see that thing fly to 200 just felt wrong. It just felt really wrong to me. I was like, this is insane. Um, even down to 80, it just kind of feels normal to me. I, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't researched Unity what about in a long it's time. 7998 is, uh, is the second. <laughs> it's on my list to rebuy at that point. I, I feel like Unity's, Unity is a nice, um, it's a nice metaverse company everything's moving in that direction right like it's I, not just I metaverse, right? it's gaming it's uh, any sort no, of no i know but reality. it's yeah it's stuff. i, I feel company. like they're well positioned for the next decade and i have to have unity in my portfolio and i do by the yeah. way guys i'm not overweighted in docusign i sold like 90 to 95 percent of my docusign over the past six days so i'm talking about getting back into docusign this year hopefully this year anyway Anything else, Dave? And that's yeah, a lot. But those Dave. those are stocks are all like basically most of those are in the S and P: uh, Etsy, Twitter, Netflix, Match, Unity is not, Coinbase is not, Uber is not, but Adobe is. So that's my like, I don't, I, 
I'm going to still continue to be a big S&P investor. I don't know that I need to buy more of those, but I basically want to buy this not in the S&P basket of stocks that have been hammered. And that's, that's my strategy for this. And I don't know exactly when I'm going to pull the trigger on that, but I'm going to have those ready to go so that I can buy small amounts of each and build my own little index of stocks that were, that, that were overreacted in my mind. Yeah, by the way, people are asking about Roblox, and I know I mentioned Roblox a few weeks ago and I would come on the show and talk about it after my analysis is done. And I did a bunch of Roblox analysis and I'm just kind of like neutral to positive, but like I, not enough for it to be a social arb trade right now. Uh, I, I do want to add Roblox to my portfolio at some point, but it's not a, I don't think there's a huge disconnect yet on Roblox yeah. or enough of a disconnect. I think there's still more questions and answers for how the next six to 12 months are gonna roll out over, over you know, with their growth. So like, I, I don't have a firm answer there, but Roblox is super interesting to me. Certainly could be part of my portfolio coming out of this. War it's trade. on my strong <laughs> maybe list. That's it. Yeah. What, what, uh, are you guys, did you guys ever hedge at all or no? Dave, I did, I did briefly it. and I had the worst timing on hedging because I, I put a hedge on <laughs> and then the market did its big turnaround that one day. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to be at a hedge. If this is, if that was the bottom, I, I, I don't want to be short the entire market when the market's going up. So, uh, I closed my hedge and then that same day the market started going down and I, I have been hesitant to put a hedge back on. I, I do have a, a couple of puts and what on a random uh a random play that i i feel fairly confident about so someone just mentioned top golf and uh which is callaway right callaway owns top golf yeah so they they say they've been calling and it's like a four hour wait uh for top golf i'm i just pulled up a web stats report for top golf and it is up this isn't really top golf season, so it should be really interesting to see what happens to top golf going into the spring. I'm going to pull a G Trend chart on them. You know, that's a type of company, guys, that you can social arb trade, right? We can get in front of this, we can social arb trade it. Uh, if you look at G Trend traffic for top golf, it's not, it doesn't look amazing right now. It kind of looks flattish year over year. Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. I'm looking at the wrong year. Uh, let me see. It is it is flat. It's about flat year over year. It doesn't look super exciting to me. But who knows? I mean, maybe that's because, I don't know, if you're saying there's four-hour waits everywhere, I, I don't know. I need to see the data, though. I, I, the data doesn't look great on Top Golf for me to get excited about Callaway. And by the yeah. way, Callaway did pretty darn good throughout the pandemic, right? Because it was the one thing bad. you can do. Yeah, because it was the one thing that you could actually do is the sport that you can get away with going and playing during the pandemic. And now that mm -hmm. we're out of it, maybe they pulled some sales forward as well. This doesn't make any sense to me. HelloFresh Google Trends is on fire. That makes zero sense. That's a company that should be doing worse, not better right now. And I hate those companies. I, I can't. It is going nuts. Okay, this is a great exercise. So if you pull up uh, G Trends for HelloFresh, you'll see it spiked big between February 13th and March 12th. But you can't get excited about that unless you understand the context of why. So what I'll do is I pull the five year and I and I look at the top 
related queries, which are hello, fresh, hello, fresh, hello, fresh login, hello, fresh code, meals, promo delivery. Okay, so that gives me an idea for a benchmark. Now I'm just gonna pull the last 30 days. So I'm gonna look at traffic just for the last 30 days. I'm gonna pull top there to see if there's anything interesting. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, the number four most related query, cancel HelloFresh. Uh, hello, HelloFresh, that's interesting. Yet, oh, and number six is how to cancel HelloFresh. Yet, if I go back over the past five years, I'm gonna switch my related queries to top, okay? Let's see, not in the top five, not in the top 10. I don't get a cancel till number 12. Uh, and a how to cancel is number 20. So it looks like the number of people looking to cancel uh, HelloFresh is spiking uh, in the last 30 days. So again, this is this is one of these things where it might seem like it's a good thing for the company, but when you dig a little bit deeper into the related queries for that time increment that you saw the spike, compare that to the benchmark of the overall period of search for that tag, five years, whatever, you can see what's changed. And that doesn't look good to me, um, unless they always get a spike in February for cancellations. Is that possible? February is always a cancellation spike. I think that's what you might have just pulled, Dave. How yeah, to cancel this Hello is, Fresh? This is their over five-year U.S. cancel Hello Fresh. So now it doesn't really seem like they always get a spike. What's that last spike, Dave? What, what month? This is January, and then this last one is no. uh, March, Same thing. February. March. Jan yeah, January thirty-first through March. Yeah. So that that's a spike, and then this lower spike is also February, March. Yeah. What, what like this this January three years ago this January spike would have been more significant because we didn't have the higher. I'm pulling web traffic on them right now year over year, and it is oh, they did see an insane spike in January from you know eight million. They're generally running about eight to nine million uh, visits a month. January spiked to eleven point nine seven million. Super weird. Uh, I'll need to look into that more as to what it could have been an advertising I mean, campaign. It's it's interesting. It's it's worth looking into. I, I mean, I would say you hate HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh. They're a sponsor of the Hey There Dave here show. So um, I don't know why. In your opinion, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're biased. You're but biased. I don't know. Actually, is, is that, that a stock HelloFresh? Isn't that on the Singapore or an OTC thing here? By the way, yeah, let me say, Dave, chart. I don't hate, I don't hate the company, I don't hate the product at all. I, I'm talking about the stock, right? Like, I, I just, as a, I just don't necessarily see the. It seems like people get these packages, they try them for a couple months, and then they leave, and that's been the routine for the past four years. And I just haven't seen them really take over uh, the way that I thought, the way that I think they would have liked to. It's, it hasn't become a cultural thing where everyone is just getting you know, pre-prepared food delivered to your house in, in, in mass. Yeah. So don't mean to knock your uh, sponsor, Dave. Somebody asked about AES for an energy play. I own AES. I don't know if it's like a great buy right now or anything like that, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were looking at energy plays. I mean, they're they're kind of diversifying into, into all sorts of things. So um, solar into batteries. Um, they've got uh, some investments they're making in 
um, you know, battery tech for solar and wind arrays. Uh, but uh, and they're like a they're like a S and P five hundred dividend stocks. I mean, they're fine, uh, but they got a ton of debt. Like, I don't, you know, I don't really know what. To do. So I feel like we need to to run a fertilizer episode, a fertilizer and wheat episode next week. Um, yeah. Everyone, everyone's asking about it. I I bought into wheat the ETF. I think it's an ETF, W E A T, uh, and I sold it. I sold I sold my wheat, and I then I saw a I saw a TikTok yesterday. Did I send you guys that TikTok? Was it on the on wheat? Uh, and I don't I don't remember. I don't I don't think it I was, saw a TikTok you, on wheat. I sent it to Varsity last night. You gotta ch you gotta check okay. it out because it's really interesting. It's basically talking about how people are are underappreciating the impact that this war is going to have on wheat fertilizer and just generally um produce because it's not just russia but evidently the ukraine is one of the largest producers in the world of i don't know if it was wheat or fertilizer <laughs> i get them confused i so think it's worth kind of, so like wheat i think they're like the fifth largest um in the world of wheat. Ukraine? Ukraine? Ukraine. That is super odd, George. That's doesn't that By the way, I think Russia is like number 1 or number 2. Yeah. So but that's I what they're so like, like if you look at the flag of Ukraine, that's what it stands for. So you've got the yellow on the bottom which is the field and the blue on top which is the sky. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Well, that's a problem, dude. Yeah, I mean, I I I only bought it because I it was really obvious that it was going to impact wheat. But then it was like, did it get overextended? Are people overthinking this? Um, now I think it's time to actually do the real research on wheat. Uh, Jordan, I feel like this is something that you would excel in too. If you can do this as well this weekend, and let's try to do a, a, an actual well-informed episode next week on wheat, fertilizer, and produce. I don't think we'll ever to our have an opportunity. To... Episodes. <laughs> what? Yes. Not, when we're speaking out of our butts, right? Not like I saw a TikTok. I saw a 30-second TikTok and I'm going to make a trade. Like, let's yeah. actually spend the time to do the homework on wheat, fertilizer, and produce and how this prolonged war, if it lasts, would impact that sector. Because I don't think we'll probably ever do another episode on fertilizer and wheat ever again. So if we're ever going to do it, oh, if we're ever going to spend the time. So the yellow might be sunflower. It's either wheat or sunflower. It's one of the two. But the de the top is definitely okay. sky. I need to get the uh, the more you know button programmed in because that's that's yeah. mind blowing. I had no idea. That's fun facts. pretty cool. Yeah, I love fun facts. I love fun facts. It's... Wait, what's the more you know button? What the hell? The NBC. Uh, the more you know. Yeah, it's got. The I don't get what you're talking thing. about. Well, you were not a child of the yeah, '80s the that was allowed to watch television, across, you know? apparently. Yeah, with the with the star that turns into the NBC logo with a yeah. comet trail coming out of it. Yeah. Chris was just uh, not allowed to watch television, I guess. I just why are they we st that's about still it? a campaign that until now. Whenever there's a new fun fact, I think immediately think the more you know. Oh. Yeah. Because I'm now smarter than I was four minutes ago. Okay. I'm gonna go deep into fertilizer this weekend, and uh, we'll have something to say about it next week. So we won't we won't talk about it anymore today. But tune in next week for the dumb money fertilizer episode. Uh, we will let you know what we think. I would love nothing more than to put on a huge social arb trade. If is, is that the one I sent? This is this is, that... is your TikTok. Um, I don't know oh, if I'm let's gonna show be able it. To we have... show it. Well, I don't know if audio is going to come through. I might have to change some settings. Give me a sec. 
But go ahead and keep talking. While... <laughs> All right. Uh, dumb money. Have we looked at Sonder for like a second? I looked at Sonder, but then I didn't have. I didn't really look. Uh, what else? Uh, by the way, the NFT episode is delayed because there's just too much other stuff for us to talk about with the market and the war to focus on NFT this very second. But we probably will do that next week, guys. What else? Any any other questions, guys? Um, Jordan sold out of his XLE. Right, Jordan? You're out. Mid-70s. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I so, like at a certain point, um, you know, you get demand destruction, you get, uh, you know, uh, the, the thing will correct at some point. I don't know what that date is. Is it next week? Is it two weeks from now? Is it? But there's a certain point. If you look at the history of the XLE, I mean, it's it's about it's about as high as it's ever gotten. Well, I mean, in, you know, the last 10 years, five, 10 years or so. So um, I just figure... I've got a long-term capital gain, uh, almost double my money. It's it's time to get out. Um, I saw this is going to require more research to figure out how to get my yo to go through. You guys can't hear that, can you? Only I can hear. No, I can hear you. Oh, there's words on the screen um, saying what they're saying. Oh, I like words on the screen. <laughs> Somewhere between five and ten BCF of natural gas going to Europe. We're ha have a food crisis by the fourth quarter because the world's largest. Wheat exporter just invaded the fifth largest one. There to be any planting season in Ukraine this year. A phosphate fertilizer shortage going on in China because natural gas prices, global nitrogen fertilizer shortage, and in Russia, Belarus combined with the world's largest producers. So a lot of farmers in the world are not going to use fertilizer this year. You're going to have a collapse in yields. How a famine begins. A wheat stores less than five weeks of usage. It's enough to pique my interest. I, I don't know if that guy is talking out of his butt and he's just trying to be dramatic or if there's something real here. But I, I'm, I'm going to try to find some farming um, web uh, communities where I can like dig in to their conversations yeah. to see how legit the issues are. I feel like something you that's really important. You also don't know how much is like you... stored globally to where, you know, we can tap into reserves while this is going. So like there's a lot to know that I just don't know right now. Yeah, and I feel I feel like when things like this happen, um, financial media, and even to some extent, uh, financial analysis on these sectors <laughs> is not always accurate. Um, I, I think, you know, I think they try to put things out there for clickbait, honestly. Uh, and also, this is an anomaly event that even analysts are not accustomed to forecasting. So I think sometimes the best way to get real information is to see what farmers are saying, right? To see what they actually think about this, how this is going to impact them. Because often, like, you know, you look under the covers and people are like, none of this stuff matters. It's, it's BS. We have another way to get this stuff or there's yeah another and i don't solution know so i have, no have to do search yeah but it is concerning so, guys it's a concerning headline yeah i mean it, it's a possible social arbitrage so so yeah. or information arbitrage so guys we'll do our homework this weekend and, and we'll address it next week on one of our shows um on running is getting acquired by nike is that just someone just said that is there a rumor about that? Uh, I uh, saw that go across, and I was just now uh, trying to find a reliable uh, source to see if there was any. Uh, I, I don't think to so. That, but it doesn't look like it. I, I considering the stock is down today. I don't think so. I I wouldn't put it pat. Listen, they that company is certainly. Uh, that would be a best case scenario for them to get acquired quickly because they are just killing it. 
Yeah. And I, I could see them getting acquired by a major work company. There's no doubt in my mind. I, you know who I could see doing that? Someone like uh, uh, Decker. I don't know how big uh, Onan, what's the market cap on, let's see, eight, six billion? What is the market cap? Deck Outdoors. Oh, seven. They're almost as big as Deck. It's unbelievable. That's the problem. Even after this drop, they're still at six billion. That's absolutely insane. That's crazy. Yeah, insane. that's a good. That's a good. You run that long short. You go long decker short on. No, I'm not. I'm. I wouldn't short on because they have all the momentum, man. Like, like they I, have a ton I don't of momentum. See, they're just expensive. They're overvalued. Yeah. The thing is, is the news going to get worse? Is the is the news at the company level going to get worse for them? Probably not, unless they have an issue with supply chain, right, and and yeah. delivery. By the way, that's what killed Build-A-Bear. Uh, Build-A-Bear had earnings yesterday, I think, or two days ago, and they I think they lowered guidance. Because they must have because we saw, um, yeah, cost. we see earnings are, are a green arrow up here on this chart, but the uh, stock price went down. Yeah, they beat earnings by 60% and just a little uh, right in line on revenue. Yeah. And the stock decided Guys, I, that, that was not enough. I I never got in on the all. Is Allbergs public? I, I had an opportunity to invest in them. They were private invest. Yeah, they're public. Uh, did they ever go? They did go public. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow. They're, uh, Look at that chart on Allbirds. You've got to pull that up, Dave. <laughs> there's That's there's their good. one year chart. Huh. Wow. 28 to 40. Five. That's their eight hundred eight hundred million dollar market cap now, and they were at. It sounds like they Ooh, were at three sales. and a half billion. I don't know what the hell is happening. Oh, wow. Sales are sixty two million, so they're still like they're what? Saying 10 no, times sales? They're saying no sales growth, and honestly, like I was never into Allbirds. I. I I hate the way they look. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I can't stand the way they look. I love the concept of having an all wool shoe. I'm a big fan of wool, but I do not like the way those things look. And unlike Crocs, there's nothing cool. They don't have that like cool, trendy thing going on with them, right? So someone's like Crocs. <laughs> yeah. I now, think Crocs, Crocs really look the best as far as shoes go right now. Yeah, listen, people love them, man. They, they love it. Still, blow me away. I can't go one day without noticing them on lots and lots of people. And it's yeah. like, dude, I'm almost seeing maybe I'm just noticing them more, but it's wild the penetration they're getting in some of these southern markets, right? Yeah, I wear them on my uh, walks with peaches every day. So she, she enjoys <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pe people love them. I feel like it's one of those brands, too. That you just people once they buy on running, they don't buy anything else. It's really the problem is they're just not... a shoe manufacturer, right? And so like that's such a tough business. So many SKUs that... to keep track of that like they don't have the bread and butter of the apparel business like a Nike <laughs> has, yeah, you know, or like an Adidas has. And they're still very so... regionalized. This is just for on shoes. Yeah. I know you get you get the results you like to see by typing in on running, but just on shoes is still very regional. It's and that's what I love about the company, right? There's nothing better than a company that is completely crushing a few territories, and it's just a matter of scaling out. Like, and they have a product that would totally do as well in every other territory. They just haven't gotten there yet. It, the, the word hasn't spread yet. To me, yeah. that that's like my favorite, my absolute favorite 
type of long-term social arb trade because people in other markets don't even know who they are. They're like, what? They don't appreciate it, right? They don't appreciate. It. In this case, hey, someone appreciates it. Eight billion dollar one chart. What? Say that again. The Hoka one. I want to see what the Hoka one chart. Just now that we're talking shoes. Yeah, Hoka, Hoka one as well. See if there's a Decker's play out there. Oh, uh, spell check. Is it H O K A? Correct. Yeah, H O K A. Okay, well, the, here's the their, uh, let's remove that. This eh. is five years U.S. So nothing to write home about. No. What? On, was that, is that Hoka 1? Hoka yeah. Shoes is related term. No, you that. just got to... No, that was actually a pretty oh, good... Hoka oh, Shoes is no. actually a, a... Like, Hoka 1, maybe not what people are searching for, but Hoka Shoes does right. have a... Right, it's Hoka... Man, that is... That's... Have we just live searched... Our way to a Deckerton. <laughs> no, Jordan, they've been on fire. I mean, do you remember when I made that that Decker investment based on Hoka One? Yeah, uh, but they're still growing. Eight, eight nine, nine years ago. <laughs> and the stock has gotten smoked. Look at the stock. Yeah. Well, you say it's gotten smoked, but it's had like the biggest run up of all time. I know. Again, Four fifty six Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, guys. Like, remember, what does it take to make these shoes? Lots and lots of oil, right? I think. I think same thing with Crocs, right? It's just mm. lots. The supply issues are going to really impact some of these shoes. Um, I think. I think on shoes is still, for me, it's a fascinating, fascinating trade. I'd love to see them come down even more, but. Anyway, all right. What else we got, guys? Bark. I'm not talking about Bark Box. I'm done with Bark. Uh, I was wrong on Bark Box. I'm out of Bark Box. I don't even think I own any of that thing. I think I just like I don't care. I'm out. Yeah, I'd, I'd never Oof. heard of uh, Hoka shoes either. But I would have never heard of on shoes. Uh, the Hoka thing—they're a runner shoes, so they're not like a—you wouldn't just casually wear them. I mean, maybe you would, but they're like the ones with the big old soles. The runners love. Hmm. No, Hulk is a small percentage, but getting way bigger. It's like the highest growth division of deck, and it has been and for a few years great. now. Yeah, no, it 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 impacts the it's a it's a it's a major impact at the company now. Yeah. Like it's been impacting the last few years, no doubt about it. Um, is Lockley Lockheed a buy in World War Three? We talked about this a bunch. It already moved. I mean, I think, like I'm not, you know, I just I feel like yeah. we missed the move. So, yeah. Yeah, if you're buying I, I, it I don't, now, I don't. There's no social arb there on on any yeah. Lockheed or the obvious war stocks. Can you tell us how much you're down year to date? Yes, not right this second. I don't have that in front of me. I don't know that I'm I'm probably down year to date, right? But do I get the, even? Because now the NFTs have come I'm down too. Down I've got to be down a whole bunch. We'll get that to you in a, in a episode coming up. I'll calculate how much we're down or I'm down. Aritzia, great question. I, I was that's what I was initially going to pull this morning and I forgot. I want to pull their web stats at Aritzia, but prior to next earning um report. I'm pulling their web traffic right now. I'll share it with you guys. And here's their uh, stock chart. Wow. Their web traffic is massively down in January and February. Mm, not good. I mean it always goes down. It, it, it spikes in November, obviously, and kind of hits their bottom in February, and it does that every year. But it's come. Is that? What are you, are you just looking at their stock price? Yeah. 
we can check out their D trends too. But their web stats do not look awesome for January and February, guys. It is down. Let's put it this way: February is exactly where they were last year. Uh, January six. They're up twenty percent in January from last year. Uh, so and January's their, not uh, as bad. Google Trends. They're also had this big spike. Yeah, I, I I think. Listen, I mean, obviously our trade timing was great last quarter. A little let a little less interesting this quarter. And I would say when you take a look, they didn't really they weren't really impacted by supply chain last. They weren't really impacted by inflation. And we talked about this. Apparel retailers are actually fairly well positioned to kind of fight uh, inflationary pressure because they can adjust their pricing fairly easily. But if I'm not seeing look, tremendous for me, so what data, I think about it is I look at those uh, at the, like the foot traffic numbers and consumer confidence, and I just think that all those things start to weigh on the stocks, right? And so uh, <laughs> I forgot you know where the tweet came from, but I was looking at a tweet where it summarized. Um, you know, basically foot traffic trends across, you know, a lot of different segments. And the only segment that was actually up was beauty. And the rest of them, you know, apparel or uh, home goods, things like that were all down. Yeah. I, here's the thing, guys. Unless you have data that is just through the roof, uh, I'm really hesitant to go long anything right uh, I would put a long trade on if the data was spectacular. There have been some cases where the data was spectacular and companies did great and the stock performed well, but it really has to be great. Look, even in the case of Funko, Funko crushed. I made a ton on that investment. I immediately sold, thank goodness, because Funko came, even Funko came right back down. It's down to six. Now it's lower than where it was before earnings. So like, you got to be really careful on a long trade. I want to see web stats skyrocketing year over year. I want to see G trends skyrocketing. I want to see. I want to have a narrative and context for that that make clear sense why this company has a standout product or brand or something meaningful happened that is so unconnected to the global market um, that they could outperform on an earnings you know day. Otherwise, I, I'm just not making those long trades. I'll wait. Yep. And I, I'm not, I need to be short. I'm not short. And every day, this is, this is the five day chart showing Dow, uh, SPY and QQQ. And, uh, look at that. Another, another 4% in five days on the queues. I'm telling you, Friday was the day to short and I missed it. it was like Thursday or Friday, I think Thursday or Friday was the day. I didn't push the button. I didn't do it. Well, listen, it, it's not an all or none button. You could just be hitting the button all the time, like small yeah, I buckets know. of I know. hedge. But you're kind of hedge anyway with your cash. I'm yeah. going to stay hedged through the weekend. I'm fairly sure, guys, that if, if nothing changes, I'm going to keep my hedge on probably all of next week unless we get information that a deal is in the works, right, between Russia and Ukraine. When I start to see any information that a deal is possibly in the works for a, not a, ce a temporary ceasefire, but an actual deal to end this war, I think I'm going to stay hedged at like 40 to 60 to 70% of my entire portfolio. It just seems too dangerous not to be with all this going on right now. I think the longer this goes, the more impactful this is, right? 
on the entire global economy. And I just don't want to have any part of it. I want yeah. nothing to do with it. I think this is the time for people just to stay patient. And by the way, if someone's earning money and they have money to put in the market every week, that's a different story. I don't, right? Like I, I, yeah. I don't have an income coming in, so I need to actually. You're just you're make in preservation. Announcement. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, I want to have more money to put in at the bottom, and not that I'm going to pick a bottom, right? But like. I just don't want to have any part of this instability in the macro market. I can't social arb trade right now. I'm sorry, guys. I know a lot of y'all want us to put out these amazing social arb trades. We just can't do that right now. We need an amazing trade to be defining... able to put it out. Yeah. Well, no, there, I mean the market's defining there. what these stocks do. We, we can have it. Listen, Funko crushed it, and they're and they did go up, but right back down. It's too risky. So, uh, Olaplex. Uh, oh yes, I think one of our one of our community members uh had been talking about olaplex but they had earnings last week and they they didn't really do much either again it's really tough so crocs like even crocs, i love crocs i don't know when crocs earnings are but i'm not super stoked to like double or triple down on anything right now going into earnings the data has to be just insane yeah, all right. because all these so companies guys, are beating and then going down anyway, especially a company like Crocs, where they're, well, we're going to have to tell you that we're seeing slow, slowing down of our sales. We see the next quarter not being as good as you guys might have been expecting. Even if they I beat the earnings like Crocs did on February 15th, 16th, they, uh, they beat earnings by uh, almost 9%, and they've been just continuing to drift downward. So in summary, guys... I think, is this the best, the investment of a lifetime? I think the investment of a lifetime, I think some of those are coming. I can't say when, but I think they're coming. I'm watching them. Uh, I'm prepared to dump a lot of money to, yeah, stocks like Shopify and DocuSign, uh, stocks maybe even Toast, uh, maybe may on running, um, certainly for sure Airbnb. Uh, I'm prepared and ready to do that. Oh, Booking.com, we didn't discuss that. I think Europe travel will be one of the most heated sectors uh in the recovery i'm just not doing any of it now so now's the time to make the shopping list but i'm not hitting buy yeah i think i'm doing the same i'm making a shopping buy. list building what's going to be my little basket of stocks that will hopefully beat the averages um and also continuing to just play the averages oh that's interesting uh dutch bros lockup expiration is monday let's watch that closely and Dutch Bros is down quite a bit today. I think they were down, I don't know, three bucks, which is what, 6%-ish today? Uh, it looks like they've come so back to down 1% now. Okay, so um, I would like to see Dutch Bros take a pretty hit, big hit next week when that expiration happens. I think if it doesn't take a hit, uh, it's unfortunate, but I still might go in deeper on Dutch Bros. So if Dutch Bros takes a hit, or I'm going to give it a few days to maybe a week, for people to work through those sales, uh, the insiders to work through those sales, and then take another look at going in heavier on Dutch Bros, which as you guys know, is one of my favorite companies. Maybe not stocks right now, because it got so overheated, but I love that, love that trade. And then on running. All right, have a great weekend. All right, thanks for watching. We're Dumb Money. We'll see you right back here next week.